There is a point in time when those who commit iniquity reach the end of their iniquity. They have done so much evil that their cup is full. God takes action then to judge them and destroy them. God's promise to Abraham, Genesis 12. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed, both Jews and Gentiles. All Abram had to do was leave his father's house, his kindred, his lands, and go to a place that God would show him. He didn't know where he was going when he left his land. He didn't know the place beforehand. He simply left. That took great faith. But he believed in God, and because of that, all nations of the earth are blessed through Abraham, both the Jews and Gentiles. Genesis chapter 15, And he, God, said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them for four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve, I will judge, and afterward they shall come out with great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation, they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not full. At the time the iniquity of the Amorites was full in the sight of God, judgment came. In Numbers 21, the Amorites give God occasion to destroy them. This was 400 years later after they had left Egypt. And Israel sent messengers unto Sihon, king of the Amorites, saying, Let me pass through thy land. There were 600,000 men, not counting women, children, and the people who had joined themselves to the children of Israel. They came to the king of Amorites asking, 
that he allow them to pass through their land and they will not be hurt. We will not turn into thy fields to eat your crops or to your vineyards. We will not drink of the waters of the well, but we will go along by the king's highway until we be past thy borders. And Sihon, king of the Amorites, would not suffer Israel to pass through his borders. This was going to give God occasion to destroy the Amorites. But Sion gathered all his people together and went out against Israel into the wilderness. And he came to Jahaz and fought against Israel. And Israel smote him with the edge of the sword, because God was with him, and possessed his land from Arnon to Jabbok, even unto the children of Ammon. For the border of the children of Ammon was strong. And Israel took all these cities And Israel dwelt in all these cities of the Amorites, in Heshbon, and in all the villages thereof. For Heshbon was the city of Sion, the king of the Amorites, who had fought against the former king of Moab, and taken all his land out of his hand, even unto Arnon. Wherefore they speak in Proverbs, saying, Come unto Heshbon, let the city of Sion be built and prepared. For there is a fire gone out of Heshbon, a flame from the city of Sion. It hath consumed Ar of Moab, the lords of the high places of Arnon. Woe to thee, Moab! Thou art undone, O people of Shemosh. He hath given his sons that escaped and his daughters into captivity unto Sion, king of the Amorites. We have shot at them. Heshbon is perished, even unto Dibon, and we have laid them waste even unto Nophath, which reached unto Midiba. Thus Israel dwelt in the land of the Amorites, and Moses sent to spy out Jasar, and they took the villages thereof and drove out the Amorites that were there because God was with them. The cup of iniquity had come full. They had done so much evil that it reached to the ears of God, and God judged them and raised up a great army to destroy them. Justice was now upon the Amorites. Know ye not your sins will find you out. 
You do it in private, but your sins are not hidden before God. So know that when you do enough iniquity, God will judge you. This shows each of us to keep ourselves cleansed by turning to God in prayer. Psalm 51.10 Help me, O God. Cleanse me. Cleanse my heart from all wickedness and create in me a new heart and a new spirit. Trust God to cleanse you. I often pray this when I have brushed against the people of the world because I don't know how much I have taken in from them when I've visited with them. So I often pray Psalm 51.10 asking God to cleanse my heart and create in me a right spirit. I've often even felt God do that for me as I've prayed it. And I know I can trust God, whereas I wouldn't know exactly how to cleanse my heart. Sometimes you know certain things are bad for you to do, and sometimes you do them anyway. Well, if you keep doing them enough, You think, well, nothing happened to me. When the cup of iniquity is filled, God will judge you. And when he judges you, it will be with righteous judgment, his judgment. It won't be by the flesh where you get by with everything. So cleanse yourself before that happens. God's judgment will come upon the wicked in God's timing. Second Peter chapter 3 Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lust, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, All things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Nothing's happened. They willingly forget Noah and the flood. Verse 5. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved under fire, against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years. And that is true, because the Apostle Peter told us that, inspired by God. 
Therefore, how many years in the sight of God has it been since Jesus was crucified? 2,000? Two days? In God's sight, two days. In our sight, 2,000 years. So those who do wickedly say, well, nothing's happened to me so far. I've done these things and I've been even prospered. But there is a judgment of God. And if you are doing iniquity in order to prosper, the time will come that God will judge you. Verse 8, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. God does not see time as we see time. Verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us for not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Old Testament is very strong in showing judgment of God, thereby in warning us not to do some of the things that we are considering doing. Verse 11, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Considering one another to provoke them to love and good works. That's in Hebrews chapter 10. Considering one another to provoke them to love and good works giving them a word of pure encouragement as needed, doing what you can do to help that other person. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. This present earth is filled with unrighteousness everywhere you go. You see it if you're godly. And you have to turn from it and just walk away. Because the unrighteous have chosen a way of unrighteousness. We have often spoken the word of God to try to turn them to God. But when they will not hear, and they continue in their unrighteousness, God will eventually judge them. But we look for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth only righteousness. You can read about that in Revelation 21. Peter says, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent when Jesus returns Be found in peace 
without spot and blameless. Three things to take care of. If you have stolen from someone by trickery, you certainly want to repent of that. So many people today have borrowed money from usually governments or businesses through credit cards, and they really have no intention of paying for it. You don't want to be found when Jesus comes in that situation. Take care of your debt. Don't try to steal the money. The day of judgment will come, and you'll be judged for that. So clean it up now while you can, unlike the world, because they won't pay. But when the cup of iniquity is full, it will reach the ears of God, and he will reckon with you. So you don't want to be that way. You want to be in peace, without spot, and blameless. Here are some scriptures on this. Psalm 75, verse 8. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup, and the wine is red. It is full of mixture, and he poureth out of the same. But the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth, shall wring them out and drink them. Genesis 44, verse 16. And Judah said, What shall we say unto my Lord? What shall we speak? Or how shall we clear ourselves? God hath found out the iniquity of thy servants. Behold, we are my Lord's servants, both we and he also with whom the cup is found, the cup of iniquity. Jeremiah 5.27 As the cage is full of birds, so are their houses full of deceit. Therefore they are become great and waxen rich. The day is coming when it will avail them nothing. The time is coming when they will even throw their silver and their gold into the street as being totally worthless to them. And that is the time of the great tribulation and God's judgment upon the world. So clear it up. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10.21, Ye cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. I just can't see how some of the politicians have hung out with politicians who are overtly wicked for reward. Reward of man. You can't do it. You can't put yourself among devils. Ye cannot be partaker of the Lord's table, of the word of God, 
and of the table of devils. You can't do it. Jeremiah 30, verse 11. For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to save thee, though I make a full end of all nations, whither I have scattered thee. Yet will I not make a full end of thee, but I will correct thee in measure and will not leave thee altogether unpunished. Correct yourself. Judge yourself by the Bible, and you will not be judged. Repent. Turn to the Word of God. Straighten out what you have been doing that is wrong in the sight of God. Matthew 23, Jesus is speaking to the ministers of his day, to the scribes and Pharisees. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Verse 27, Matthew 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like unto whited sepulchres, graves, which indeed appear beautiful outward, big gravestones, white and beautiful, but within are full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so ye outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Psalm 1, 5 and 6 Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. You're not going to be mixed together. You can try being with them, but they will see your sin. God will show them. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Some of the scriptures Concerning Babylon, the fall of Babylon, the great harlot. Revelation 17.4 And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet colors and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. Reward her even as she rewarded you and double unto her double according to her works. In the cup which she hath filled to her double. Revelation 14.10 The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God which is poured out 
without mixture unto the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Revelation sixteen nineteen, And the great city was divided into three parts. And the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. You don't want to be there when that happens. For if you're there, you could be judged with them. What are you doing with these men? Said God to Balaam. Revelation sixteen nineteen, And the great city was divided into three parts. And God remembered what they had done to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. In time, judgment comes when the indignation that they have done is full and God remembers what they've done. Don't put yourself in the position where you're there when they're judged. I attended a church in Farmer's Branch, Texas, outside of Dallas. Word of faith, Robert Tilton was a pastor. He had started a television show, and he invited one of the prophets from our church to be on his television show. Before they went on camera, he said to this prophet, just one thing, don't say anything about being a prophet because it's not popular. Bob was after popularity. He had boasted from the pulpit that he would be greater than Kenneth Copeland. And in his rise, the greatness was shocking. He had been receiving $80 million a year in offerings. It's a shocking number to me. When he said that to Ava, she called me that night after the show and told me what Bob had said. Don't say anything about being a prophet because it's unpopular. And she was in tears. God gave me a message for Bob. I recorded it, sent it to his office. One of the workers in the office told me about it. And I said, did he hear the message? And she said, oh, yes. He listened to the tape that you made, and then they took the tape and cut it in little pieces and threw it in the wastebasket, and they danced around it. I think she said they were claiming Scripture, that this wouldn't happen to them. And basically what I told Bob is because you've killed a prophet, your house will be left unto you desolate. 
That was in 1982. He grew greater and greater and greater in numbers and money and possessions. When the cup was full, it all exploded. ABC Television did an expose showing that he was forwarding letters where he had asked them to send him their prayer request. When they sent it, the people would put money in the envelopes. He didn't open the envelopes at Word of Faith. He sent them to a bank in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And millions of dollars were coming in. They opened the letters and they threw the prayer request in the garbage can and deposited the money in Bob's bank account. They had it on camera even and presented it on ABC. It's a terrible shame when the church doesn't judge the church and the world has to judge the church as being evil. But it ended up that Bob and his longtime wife, Marty, divorced. He married another woman committing adultery. They divorced, and then he moved to Florida and married a third woman, adultery. The building itself was torn down, and the church building, there's not even evidence that a church ever existed on that property. It was turned into a hockey center. His house was destroyed. His wife would be affected. His children were affected. You can't live with a lack of integrity. For the time will come, God will judge you. It may not come immediately, but it will come. In Bob's case, it was about 10 years after he killed that prophet. So the iniquity will find you out. We see that all the way through the Old Testament in vivid examples. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? And so many of the preachers today do exactly that. Jesus speaks of it in the book of Matthew, chapter 23. You compass land and sea to make one proselyte, and when he is made, you make him twofold more, the child of hell, than yourself. This is a warning from the Old Testament, from the Spirit of God. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.